Welcome to UCYP, where we have uphill conversations with young professionals. Real conversations with bright, forward-thinking YPs. You know, every generation is different than those who've come before. And rather than generalities, we want to hear unique, individual perspectives of the generation that's currently on the rise. We want to elevate the voices, talent, and contributions of YPs in order to build a bridge to connect the past, present, and future generations, helping them to be heard, to be understood, and ultimately, to see them lead. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uphill Conversations, Young Professionals, UCYP. We are in the house. What's up, Megan? Not much. We have a great guest to share with you guys today. He is pretty cool. He's my other, he's like my twin. <laughs> he is. Different color. Yeah, slightly different. And he's got a bigger beard. He does. He has a, it's strong. It's a strong beard. It is a strong it's beard. It's a beard. Yeah. So, hey, shout out to <laughs> our guest, Jonathan Parker, for a beard, an amazing beard. <laughs> yeah, and he is, he's doing so many cool things out in the world. He uh, recently launched something that he told us he's been working on for over three years called The Art of the Conversation. And um, I've been fortunate to see him present a couple of different times now. But it's just really great, I think, especially to hear from him for young professionals out there because there is we're so connected now and there's so much of this ability to share what we're thinking, what we're doing, uh, how we're feeling that I think sometimes we actually have less of a true conversation with others. Hey, hold on one second, Megan. I'm uh, texting you something right now because I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, I only text. Yeah, I'm I don't pick up like, the phone. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> no, but it's uh, making light of it is true. Like we can hide behind text. We can yeah. hide behind everything else that we put out there. But there's there's art in our conversation, mm-hmm. and so it was a uh, it was great. We um, we click with him very well, um, and he. Um, he just has that true, authentic, just appreciation for, it's not just having a good vocabulary. It's actually just really learning to communicate and clearly understand that as it's your art, it's how you show up and, and you, you got to start from the inside. So, I mean, it was, it was wonderful, very inspiring for me, for a person who appreciates sitting down and just talking with people and hearing what they have to say and also being able to, you know, have great, open, challenging conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, but not challenging in the sense that I'm resisting you or I'm against you, but like really just getting to what really matters and where the deep things are, Mm -hmm. you know, it's at the root. Yeah. And Jonathan, he's a, he's a young professional himself, but he even made a comment that he used to create very bad vocal art 10, 15 years ago. And sometimes when he runs into those people, he runs into the image of they have of him, of who he used to be. And, you know, we, we always like to ask, what's the, what's the advice you give your younger self? And he had some really great stuff to share. So, um, you guys are really, really going to love listening to Jonathan. He's a great guy. He's here in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, and there'll be lots of information on how you can connect with him, but we also want you to remember to join in the conversation with us on Facebook. You can find our group, UCYP. Also, we have our Twitter account, at the UCYP, and we are also on Instagram. And are we doing well with them? 
So we are also introducing yeah. a new feature. Well, before let me stop you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Megan um, has <laughs> put together this great resource, which is great. So this podcast, we feel like it's it's our way of serving the world um, to um, you know outside of the things that we do normally. And but we have this other resource that's a free resource, and we call it our words of wisdom. And Megan and John put this thing together. So I'm just gonna I'm just giving a, a stand up and an applause for my wonderful partner and co-host <laughs> that we work together so well. But she put this thing together. It's amazing. Great work. So now you can tell them about okay. more details. No, so what we've basically done is we asked our guests just to share with us some, you know, the the things that they're their signature things, their favorite quote, their top three books, and just some really great, wonderful takeaways that we can share in these tidbits with you guys via social media. Uh, we know that young professionals are very very, uh, they have very full schedules. They have a lot going on. So this is just another thing we can provide to you as a resource and suggestions on books that inspired these great people that we interview. So check it out. It's a great mm -hmm. resource. So let's jump into this interview with our friend, Jonathan Parker. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. It is so wonderful to have you with us here today. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Well, it's great to be with you. My name is Jonathan Parker, and I am involved in all the things that I like to do. So I have three main focuses. I'm on staff at Fellowship Greenville, which is a church over on Highway 14. If you know where Hans and Franz is, it's right around that corner. I'm the director of city involvement there, which means I get to help build bridges from the church into the community. I'm also the CEO and founder of All Good Things, which is a nonprofit that houses Gospel on Tap, which is a gathering for men, and Hymns and Hops, which is an amazing gathering for people of all ages and families to come together, sing old hymns and drink beer, whatever your choices that evening. And then I'm also the creator of the Art of the Conversation Culture and Leadership Training, uh, which I've been walking businesses and nonprofits and one-on-one -on -one coaching through for the last 18 months. Awesome. And of all those things, what would you be the most excited about to tell our listeners about? Probably the Art of the Conversation. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about that. The Art of the Conversation is based on the idea that we're all artists. Now, I did horrible in art class, miserable. Mrs. Sautel was my art teacher, and I was so bad that I had permission to use the people to my right and left to actually do major parts of my art project. <laughs> <laughs> this is really depressing. The first, the first art project was I had to write my name and all of the things that like describe me. So first off, I didn't have a name like Jill or Bob, right? I had Jonathan. So I had all these letters to fill. And I got to the J, and I think the... I think the the line in the J was a basketball hoop. And when I brought it up to show my art teacher, she was she was dumbfounded with how little it resembled a basketball hoop. <laughs> so she said, well, let Hannah do that for you. Oh, wow. So I went back and Hannah erased it. Hannah did it. And then I did the O. And that's how it went. Well, let Hannah do that for you. So I'm a terrible uh, artist. But what I realized was as I went through life that actually I am an artist. And I use my words to create art. And, and our conversations are our, our, our artwork. So um, when we talk to one another, what I say creates an image in your mind. It's a portrait. And the art of the conversation says, what, what would happen if everybody took their artwork seriously? 
What would happen to our community, our culture, our relationships, our friends, if we thought about our words, our conversations, like creating artwork? Would we be proud of the artwork in which we just created? Would we want to hang that in a gallery for everybody to see? And for most people, the answer is no. They handle artwork like throwing paint against the canvas rather than thinking about it. And culture and politics and government display that all the time. Just go to Twitter. So the art of the conversation allows us to be able to consider well and learn well how we can create remarkable vocal art. And I love doing that. I'm a big words person. So she'll tell you like I'll, if I see people using them incorrectly or when they're communicating and, and we all do this, you know, you, when you get to the, I don't know, I don't know. It's because you're not allowing yourself to tap into the genuine desire to really help someone understand, you, you know what I mean? Yep. And, um, and I love, you know, I'm a big metaphor guy and word pictures. I was always that way. And when I was a kid, I would read things in my little mind goes into this day. Like it's like a pop-up book when I read it, I can, you know, if I can move it and do whatever. And, um, I love that about, you know, helping people, you know, create these masterpieces mm -hmm. of, on, on canvases, but it's it's just in the it's in the ear space. You right. know what I mean? Yep. But ear the, the hearing though, it moves. You know, um, I know that you're a believer, so that's a gate. You have ears. That's like yeah. a gate into mm -hmm. who you are as a person. Right. Um, and it would be interesting if people could see the things that are piled up into uh, on that gate, you know right. what I mean? Or what's, as you said, hanging on that wall. Um, I have a, a lyric in a song where I talk about I'm an impressionist because mm -hmm. I can't make many fine lines. Mm -hmm. And then I say, I wish I could gesso it again and start over with a new impression. Right. And I feel like when it comes to conversation, do you see you do you see yourself helping people do that? Because sometimes that's what we feel like impressionists. We have enough dots and stuff to know we're trying to make a bouquet. Right. Right. But then how do we really get into the more definition part of it? But we don't have to be the most eloquent or the most, you know, brilliant or anything. How do you when you're doing that with people, do you help them with that regessoing and understanding that, hey, you can reshape this, you can work on this again? Well, that and, and that's a great question. That's that's the biggest the biggest hindrance or hurdle for people is realizing that an artist is in essence not accountable to the viewer of that art. Hmm. So when a painter or a poet or a sculptor or a musician sits in a studio by themselves, initially at their raw level, they're creating artwork for themselves. They create music for themselves. So when I'm speaking to people, whether it's a group of people or one-on-one -on -one coaching, the first thing we talk about is curiosity, right? The canvas right. of all of our artworks, curiosity. And the first thing is, is giving permission to be curious again. Right. To say, hey, it's okay not to know something. Hey, it's okay to ask questions about something. Hey, that, that's okay for you to step out in a vulnerable position and say, hey, I'm curious about this. But in that ear gate, we're so used to people telling us what we're supposed to think, telling us what we're supposed to believe, that we end up just being counterfeit artists. Yeah, We end up just saying what we've heard, whether right. it's from the news or from the radio or you know from happy hour with some of our buddies. It's We don't have the margin and we don't have the permission to be curious so what goes in our ear ends up coming out of our mouths without much thought, mainly because we don't have enough time to think about it. Right. But two, we're conditioned. We're conditioned to all fit a pattern of artwork. Right. Um, there's not a lot of unique and truly distinctive artwork being created in conversations because we spend most of our time parroting somebody else. Right. Right. So 
when you're working with a group of people or when you're working one-on-one with somebody, how do you help them discover what they actually do believe? Do believe in essence of who they are or do believe about what they're doing? I think both. I mean, so if if we're going through and we're talking about the the big problem is, you know, people don't have enough margin to actually know what they believe or they're just really um, absorbing different things and they're becoming really a chameleon out in the world. They're just right. saying what other what they think other people want them to hear, what mm-hmm. they think other people expect from them. So how do you get past that initial thing? Because I think so many so many people are in that spot and they might not even realize it. So how do you help them become more aware of that and really dig in to figure out what is it that they actually believe about themselves and about the external? Yeah. And and I think those are the two pieces. So thanks for clarifying it. One is, do they believe in what they're doing? Two, do they believe in who they are? And most of the time, if they don't believe in who they are, they're going to be doing a bunch of different things. You know, so I do three things broadly, right? But I, I love those things, but that doesn't make up who I am. It it comes from who I am, but it doesn't identify as who I am. There are things that help describe me a little bit. But for people who don't believe who they are or know who they are, they're going to try to do, 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 and hoping that in the doing, they'll figure out their being. So one of the ways that when I'm working with people is I'll have them list everything they do, like especially if they're really confused or there's a lot of brain junk in there. They're like, I'm terrible at communicating. I'm terrible at asking questions. I'm even a worse listener. I'm exhausted all the time. Okay, let's get as much of the doing on a whiteboard or on a piece of paper. Because the doing is going to help me, one, realize what are you trying to tap into? But two, once we get it out of your brain, I think we were talking about this Mm -hmm. a few days ago. Once you get it out of your brain onto a piece of paper, now I'm able to work through the being piece. And ask, like, what drove you to do this? How did you end up doing this? So I I don't talk to people much about their doing, whether it's their job or their hobbies or things they like to do with their family or friends. I'm really interested in, is that coming from a place of knowing who you are? Or are you trying to find who you are in the doing? So when I'm working with someone on the the being piece of who they are, when, when I'm helping them self-reflect and look internally... That's a scary place for most people because they haven't thought about it. Right. They haven't, in essence, ever been given, you know, a pencil or a pen and say, hey, write your story first. Like, have a conversation with yourself. Are you are you even content with the conversations and the artwork you're creating with yourself? Mm-hmm. Sadly, most people, when they have a conversation with themselves, it's negative. They're name calling themselves. They're reminding themselves of all of their failures. They're projecting, right, what they think other people think about them on themselves. So for most people, when I'm talking about creating beautiful artwork with coworkers and family members, they don't even create beautiful artwork with themselves. Right. So an artist or conversationalist, a human being who is so hard on themselves, so judgmental of themselves, so demeaning of themselves, so dismissive of themselves, when they create artwork for themselves that looks like that, why would we expect them to create something publicly that's any different? So when I'm trying to explore that, I want to hear the artwork they create for themselves. What's in their, what I call their private gallery? What's right. in their private gallery? Right. There's, um, you know, I like to encourage people to say, you know, work doesn't, ex- you don't exist because of work. Work exists because of you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the order of the way the universe was designed and created. 
it, we're the ones that we're the engineers. It's the it's the human in the innovation. Right. It's you know it's the eye it's the eye and the human of it. Right. It gets to our unique DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a thing that I was hung on for a while, but you know, ninety nine point nine percent of our DNA is exact. Right. All of us, but 0.1 percent is unique to you. It's mm -hmm. where your unmistakable genius lives and resides. Right. Unfortunately, we ignore it because it's too easy for us to tap into what everybody else says should be our design, the way we should do it. Right. The person in college. Right now, mo ask a lot of young female college grads, and right now a lot of people, are you getting married? Are you, like, this right. is like, you know, you and that guy, or you guys, you know, or whoever your partner is, whatever. It, 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 that's where we're we're kind of motivated to move in these directions. Right. There's so much pressure that we actually. What's it, what's interesting is we're cooking out all the flavor. Yeah. You know, when you know when you put, you know, steam is important. Right. When people don't understand when they lift the lid and oh, they're yeah. cooking some sort of vegetable or something they want to be rich and flavorful, that's they're releasing the flavor in the steam. Yep. And I believe like what you're talking about, that's what a lot of people are doing. They're being buried. The pressure of all they're doing to try to keep up, put something out there to try to figure out who they are through what it is that they're doing. If they would really just realize it's already in me, it's baked in. Exactly. It's already inside if I would take the time, as you said, and write it out. You know, I, I try to get people all the time, what are all the things you're doing? Write them out. And then I want to know, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Answer the question. Yep. You know, we recently spoke with someone who went through a bad situation and it was over money even. And there was a bad situation and some money issues were happening or they needed a certain amount of money, but then something crisis happened and then the money didn't matter anymore. Mm -mm. Why does it take tragedy for money? To, you know what I mean? Right. It takes a crisis for it to... Like, you know what I mean? Yep. To say now it doesn't matter. Now it doesn't matter. But when you when you had something and you can make an adjustment, think differently, start living into this world of your art and what you do right. from your private gallery of knowing who you are right. and then bringing that out into the world, that's where the difference is. And, the, and the, isn't that where the closest friends we have, right? The closest friends are the ones we let into our private gallery. Like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm doing. But most people don't get that deep, though. Have you noticed? People don't choose that inner circle circle well. No. Because most of the time, the friends that you're letting in, they're kind of like, yeah, if you like that, how do you feel? Right. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Do you exactly. notice there's not enough pressure applied the right way to get a person, to someone to look at you and go, why? Why is that the answer? Exactly. And that, I think, comes because they're so focused on doing yeah. Uh, I heard a, a quote or an, an analogy at one point when someone said, you are the average of your five closest friends. Mm -hmm. And I think friends is such a loose term at that point. Yeah, Facebook. You're, yeah, Facebook. <laughs> so you're actually just the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Yeah. And most of those people are based on doing. My closest friends don't help me at all in business or work. I mean, I guess tangentially they do, right. but they're not a stepping stone. They're not a, a contact. They're my friends. Yep. They're the ones who, when I'm having a bad day or I'm having a great day, they're the ones I want to call. When I know I need something, they're the ones I want to call. When I have a free night, they're the ones I want to hang out with. So one, the pressure is, hey, surround yourself with networkers and people that you can build connections with and people that are going to help you get out. So even in our doing, we, we're not looking for depth. We're looking for width and right. we're willing to drop or cut with the moment, you know, we're growing somewhere else. And also part of that, I think, comes from prescribed authenticity. Oh, yeah. Right? Hey, be authentic as long as you fit a category that I like. Yeah. Right. Um, be authentic as long as I can peg you. Yeah. Be authentic as long as you fit and fill in the blank. Yeah. So it's prescribed. Yeah. It's not true authenticity. Right. It's like happiness lives here. 
as long as it's in here. As long as it's in here. That's what a lot of people say. It's like, we're fine. We're happy. Just stay here. Right. As long as you're in this, there's nothing wrong. Right. If you come over here, well, yeah, there's something wrong. So why don't you get back in here? <laughs> and when I ask people, so tell me, what makes you you? Yeah. What makes you you? They And I had to do the same thing very much with like some of the questions that I was asked. Like, what makes me me? Not vocational me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But me. I mean, I took some time to think about it. Some people have never even been asked that question. Mm -hmm. And they go through they go through elementary school. They go through high school. They go through college. All being told who you are. Oh, you're a great quarterback. You're a great athlete. Yeah. You should play football. You throw the... Okay, you're a football player. Right. And then in, high, in college, what are you? Oh, I'm a business major. Okay, so you're a business major. Yeah. Okay, now you're getting married. Now you're a husband or now you're a wife, right? You're, you're all of these things. And then at 28, 29... And they're like, so what do you want to do with life? Well, you haven't asked me that for 29 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I got to figure that out yeah, right and now? And you're showing up right now. <laughs> and then our poor millennials, right? Our poor young professionals are getting dinged for not knowing what they want to be. Right. Yeah. Where they've been told what they are their whole life. Their yeah. Whole life. Yeah. This is who you are is what you do. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I really believe that that is, that's a big challenge. And we, we hear that a lot in the different guests that we talk to. And some are in their late 20s, some get to their 30s, their 40s, and all of a sudden they're sitting there going, I have everything that I was supposed to have that everyone has said is the thing. You know, I, I went to school, I got the job, I rose in my career, I got married, I have children, but something is missing. And I think it's really hard because like we've talked about this whole idea of not having margin and being so busy, it, nobody ever takes the time to think about it and ask those right. questions. So how do you think, what do you think we need to do to start changing that? I mean, that's a big question, right? right. Because that's, it's not, how do we change the way that, that we're doing things? But I mean, you have kids, I have kids, Tim has kids. I mean, what can we do even in our own circles and even in our own homes to try to change that? What are some, what are some thoughts you have? So I believe that everybody universally shares the same two deepest desires, which are the opportunity to communicate and the respect to be heard. I, I don't, it doesn't matter what age you are, where you're from, what language you speak. I believe everyone across this planet wants the opportunity to communicate, the respect to be heard. My grandmother's over 90, battling a lot of physical ailments, right? Uh, severe arthritis, her brain's starting to kind of slip a little bit, obviously, because she's over 90, mm -hmm. whose brain doesn't. Yeah. And what does she want from her grandkids and her kids and her great-grandkids? She wants the opportunity to communicate to them. But because she's older and things are a little more slow, she not only just wants the opportunity to communicate, but she wants the respect to be heard. Okay, now like my one-year-old son, Zion, right? He wants the same thing. He wants the opportunity to communicate and the respect to be heard. Unlike grandma, his brain's going a million miles a minute. Mm -hmm. And the only way he knows how to communicate is he's going to scream. It's going to come out. Yeah. Right? And he's going to continue to scream until we give him the respect to hear him. Mm -hmm. Those are two things that I think are sadly missing in life conversations relationship taking time to give people the opportunity to communicate. That fulfills one of their desires. But giving them the respect to be heard mm -hmm. fulfills the other one. So I'm, I'm literally sitting here thinking about social media because right. it, obviously there has just been a huge impact on culture and the world because of social media. I mean, there are studies that have been done that show the way that we even 
communicate or respect other people or interact with other people, they've drastically changed because social media at its outset gave us this ability to kind of be behind the mask and there's a separation. So I can say whatever I want to because you're not in front of me. And maybe whether I know you or not, I still have the ability to tell you what I think about you. Um, And what's happened is that's now bled into our interpersonal interactions. So the way that people treat service workers, the crazy stuff that's happened in the airports and all those sorts of things. So it's this really interesting juxtaposition because everyone is talking. Everyone has so much to say. And they're just, like you said, throwing it against a canvas, Right. right? Splattering paint on a canvas. But really, is anyone actually being heard? And if you really did take the time to listen to all those things, I think it, I mean, where would that even leave us? Right. And that, and that goes to your point and even to your question, where does it start? We have to reestablish the art of the conversation. It's a lost skill. Mm -hmm. It's a lost ability. There's this element of if opportunity to communicate was being fulfilled on social media, you wouldn't be wondering how many people liked it or reshared it. Cause you'd just be content that I had the opportunity to communicate. But what we're realizing is, as much as I enjoy social media and use it based on how much I can and understand, it doesn't fill the desire to communicate. I still need the personal one-on-one. I still need to be able to talk to someone and watch their body language because I think we understand that that is a form of communication, but it's not a conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I I have some friends that say, hey, let's start the conversation online. And I get what they mean, but that's not a conversation. No. It's a bunch of monologues that mm-hmm. people are, in essence, judging and critiquing. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you really want to have a conversation, ask those same group of people to show up at a coffee shop and chat, and, and you'll be all alone. Mm-hmm. You'll be all alone. And so Yeah, I think, I, and I love the idea, well, it's not an idea, it's a principle, I think, is in true connection. If you really want to have a good relationship, it is it is communication. Everything is communicated. Mm-hmm. You know, eyes, hands, you know, movement, whatever. But all the body language, all the things. Things that even the FBI and CIA pay attention to right. when they're trying to get to the truth of something. Right. And most people don't communicate. They only communicate on a surface level. I call it puddle love. <laughs> it's only go. puddle yeah. deep. You know what I mean? It's right. just puddle deep. That's how most people want to operate. I'm like, no, let's go wade in the water, like right. the old song. You know, yep, exactly. let's go. You know what I mean? Go deep. Yeah, let's get out there, wade in this water to where you have to learn to tread. How do you learn to swim? Someone's got to get in there and help you. And you know, you learn how to swim. Right. People need to learn how to communicate. And you don't have to see a lot of people think when you're talking about conversation that, like you and I, we have no problem sitting down and talking to people. Right. There's some people, they're introverted, and that's yeah, fine. It's fine. And it's okay to be you. You don't have to be talking all the time. It's not that. Right. It's about real communication. It's like really, instead of listening or speaking for someone to understand you, right? it's you speak to be clear. Right. Right. And when you listen, you listen to understand them. That's the whole point is spend time hearing them right? because too many people are forming a response. So you right. just start talking. Yep. And this is one of the things- Here's my answer, you know? I already got it. The, uh, <laughs> the three main paints, if you will, of, of a conversation are questions, listening, and sharing. Yep. And when we get to the listening portion, I say culture has created passive listeners, but active responders. Yep. We're just ready to respond, like this, share this, 
mm-hmm. follow this. But when it comes to listening, I think our introvert friends are way ahead of mm-hmm. extroverted people like me because they're they're not willing just to respond knee jerk. They're going to listen and they're going to take time. But now we associate time and waiting and patience with some form of weakness or, you know, they're a little slow. Yeah. But actually what they're doing is they're they're actively listening. Right. They're actively listening. They're not actively responding. So to be able to take a deep breath and realize, do I have to respond in this moment? No. Can I take a moment here? Yes. And that be okay? I really think would change the world. Right. And a lot of people are intimidated by a person that wants to actually talk to them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of intimidation around that because people don't want to feel like they're dumb, but it goes back to that belief on the inside. Like, am I valuable? Am I worth anything? And so I do believe it still goes back to that core person. It's, it's you that needs to walk into the room. It's you that needs to be the one to speak, not what, not the perception you think you have and not the perception you think they have of you. It needs to be the true you having a real conversation. So I just, I I love that because it's going to go back to the core. Always back to the core. You cannot have a conversation with someone about yourself or what you think about something unless you know yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not cerebral and like philosophical. I mean, very practically. Yeah, it's like, just simple. <laughs> just why, do I, why am I getting out of bed this morning? What, what do I think about myself? What words do I use to explain myself to myself? Do I give myself a break? Because if I don't give myself a break, I'm not going to give anybody else a break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of those conversations come from that. And... I do think I do think that that piece of artwork that you create for yourself is the most telling. I do the public gallery, right? Yes. I, that gives me a glimpse. Yeah. But when we can chat and talk, and I hear what you tell yourself, this makes more sense. Yep. But this is what we need to work on. You know, I tell people all the time: behavior follows belief. We're in the people business in the sense that we want to get into the belief system of how not just they're that they're productive right. and that they can work, right. because no person can consistently behave in a way that's inconsistent with how they view themselves. Exactly. And so they're at work with that problem, and we're worried about their behavior and production. Right. We need to focus a little bit more. And I'm not talking about just, you know, oh, we got this appointment for you. We can do this. I mean, work's got to still be done. Right. But we need to, as you said, it it takes five minutes to hear a story. Right. Just to sit down and like, someone was giving a talk the other day and I said, they said, can you help me? It's my first one and I'm doing, it's a private school and um, she helps me with my soccer team. She, I've been coaching her kid all the way up to a certain age here as well. And so we were, she was like, can you help me? And so we were on the phone and she was telling me all this stuff. I was like, okay, too many things. I said, what's the story that you want to tell? She told me what it was. I said, good. And what's the main point? Just tell that one story. And because it was for this fundraising and it was her being a single mom with four kids and her whole situation and how the legacy started from her grandfather. Right. And here she is coming from a private school. Her kids are in private school. She never thought she'd be able to afford it. And she's in there. And it took people like you in the room who've done this to help make legacy. And the teacher that taught, the, my dad, my grandpa who taught this teacher is teaching my little girl now. Right. Just that's legacy. And it comes from how you guys gave. They had a great fundraising. Yeah. Just from that little, and she only had 15 minutes. Right. And that's how you learn. And now that whole room, any space between who they didn't know and who they are has been closed. Right. Because now they have a story. And story is the best artwork we create in a conversation. Right. 
It, it is your story or stories, but your story is your best artwork. And that's why it's so important to know it, own it, love it, and share it as often as possible. And when you get to share you, it, it's the best artwork you can create. It's awesome. Yeah. So Jonathan, uh, I am just curious, what, what is the advice that you would give to young professionals out there? Either, uh, you know, maybe they're millennials, maybe they're, uh, even Gen Z coming up now. Um, what advice would you give to them all around this idea of conversation? Realize that the, the advice I wish someone gave me years ago when I was in school or even when growing up is, is the advice I try to give now when I'm doing the art of the conversation. No conversation's a throwaway. Every conversation you're going to have is getting you ready, is helping refine your artwork for the next conversation you need to have. So the conversations you have with your friends, conversations you have with your families, conversation you have with the boss that you know you're not going to be working at in 10 years, or maybe you just hope you're not working for that boss in the next 10 years. <laughs> All of those conversations, the, the conversations you don't think matter, mm-hmm. matter substantially more. I mean, there are people today in Greenville who I haven't talked to in 10 years, more going on 10 years of being married. So 12, 13 years. I haven't talked to them but what they remember is the artwork I created 13 years yep. ago, mm-hmm. and I'm not proud of that artwork. It's a massive failure of art. I didn't, I, I, I didn't value them. I didn't think I needed to care about them. So I created terrible artwork. So when they hear, when, my, when friends of mine tell, tell them, oh yeah, I know Jonathan, or going to hear Jonathan talk, they're like, why would you go hear him? Like, mm-hmm. hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like why, he's, because of terrible artwork. So I, I would say initially right off the bat, no conversations to throw away. You will be remembered for that artwork. Yeah. But the other piece is don't miss the opportunity to refine your art. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, <laughs> talk to as many people as you can. Get up and meet the CEO at 6 a.m. for a cup of coffee for 15 minutes yeah. and come prepared and ask him every question you can. And so look for the opportunities to have those conversations because I think we all remember being a young leader, like, please, please give me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Get the 10 minutes. Make the most of it. I've walked, I've walked leaders to their car. Mm-hmm. This, the, their assistant were like, he doesn't have any time today. I was like, where does he park? Yeah. Little stock. I do the stalker thing too. Yeah. That's what I would do. I'd be <laughs> like, you sure? Can I? Can I just walk into yeah. his car? Yeah, I, car? I mean, I yeah. promise you, I will you walk to and down yeah. and we'll be fine. Yeah. So <laughs> not only realize no conversations a throwaway, you are an artist that artwork, but don't miss an opportunity to refine it. Right. However small or large that may be. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today. Uh, it would be awesome if you could let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Great. So the easiest way to connect with me is email, artoftheconversation at gmail.com. Shoot me an email over there. Uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, at Create Vocal Art on Twitter, and then Facebook, Art of the Conversation, and then Jonathan Parker on LinkedIn. Thank you for being on the show. This was great. And we'll have to hang out. Yes, we'll have to hang out. People brought us together. It was like we were being match made. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and look, we didn't need an app for it either. We We just needed people. People had to have a conversation. Would you have swiped left or right on it? We're going to have to have a follow-up conversation. I don't feel like I need to decide so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) But no, thank you. This has been great, man. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Well, you have been listening to another episode of UCYP, where we have three main goals in mind. We want to elevate the voices of young professionals, build a bridge between generations, and inspire those young professionals to lead.